The following message is brought to you by Champions Church. For more information, please visit champschurch.com. into the Word. We've been in a series here. We need to stay in this series. We have a couple of more messages left in it. Today's uh, included in that. And I want to get into it and and move uh, through it. I I don't want to move so quickly that we miss the point because I think the point is really why we're here. And I I want to make sure that we catch that. But I also don't want to linger. I'm looking forward to the fellowship that's to come because I really believe in the power of fellowship And as we sit together and as we break bread together, really wonderful and powerful things happen. I want to give you a few things we're going to find in the scripture. And I mean, these are things that you can look for. These are things that you can uh, anticipate. Maybe one of them will stand out to you as something that uh, would really mean a lot to you. And so it can keep uh, keep your interest peaked as we move through the word together. Uh, One, how many of you could use a little good news, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we've, we've been in those places where maybe it's been an unusually stressful week for one reason or another, uh, we could use a little good news. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to venture to say, and it's an opinion, okay? I know it's an opinion, uh, but you'll get the best news you'll hear today, right? We're going to find that the best news you'll hear today. And I, personally, I think this is the best news, period. So we're going to find what, what Pastor Preston believes is the best news that you could ever hear. So a second thing we're going to find uh, is why we are set free. That's pretty good news in and of itself, that you're set free. I mean, Praise God for the work of Jesus Christ in our life to set us free. And we're going to find out why we're set free. It's a wonderful thing to examine and to consider and to celebrate. A third thing that we're going to find is what is going on in our lives. Do you ever wonder that? you ever ask that question? I have that happen, you know. I mean, I'll be doing the things that I know I'm supposed to be doing. I'm in the, the midst of God's call for my life, and I'm aware of all. And these, these situations or circumstances or th- events come up, and you're thinking, what in the world is going on? And we're going to see in the Scripture what in the world is going on. So let's just jump right into the Word. We're going to pick up in the series. Uh, we've founded this series upon a passage of Scripture in the book of James. So We're going to start there this morning. You may be used to writing it down in your notes by now. I want to encourage you to uh, turn there in your Bibles if you have your Bible with you. The book of James, chapter 3, I want us to look at verse 17. The book of James, chapter 3, verse 17. Now, we began this series, we were talking about uh, our need for direction and heavenly wisdom, uh, you know, uh, having the, the need to know what God's will is in our lives so that we can bring it to pass. And And the scripture here in James gives us a a wonderful description of what God's direction is so that we can identify it when it comes into our lives. I mean, there's all kinds of voices pulling on us. There's a voice in this world and popular culture and anyone who's on any social media knows that you may have thousands of voices pulling on you and to go in a certain direction. But we need to be hearing the voice of God. We need to be responding to his direction and his counsel and we need to know what his counsel looks like, so that we can identify it when it's present. So the book of James, chapter 3, verse 17, it reads like this. Wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering and without hypocrisy. Now, we've established in the the messages in the past that That God's wisdom or his direction isn't going to be one or two of these things, but it's always going to be all of these things. 
I mean, as you're hearing direction from God or receiving counsel from God, you should be able to put a check mark by each one of those words. And if you can't check off one of those boxes, you ought to pause because you're not hearing from God. So for us, we need to make sure that as we're hearing clearly from God, as we're receiving his direction, we understand what his word sounds like for the purpose of carrying out his will. Now, we've talked about things being pure. It means God's word's always going to be uncorrupted. It's not going to have a little mix of the world in it. It's not going to, to all of a sudden, you know, look like our current political situation or current cultural situation. His word is going to remain pure, period. Now, we've also interpreted the word pure there as holy because he is holy. The word that he speaks is holy. It's the same thing. Holy means without any corruption, 100% pure. Then peaceable. We spoke about peaceable. Uh, not necessarily peaceful, as many people hope and desire God's direction is. It might be terrifying to step out and do the thing that God's calling you to do, but it will make a way for peace to exist. It will make peace able. It will be peaceable. Uh, it'll be gentle. We talked about gentle. Uh, we talked about reasonable or, or willing to yield or prepared to obey. We talked about full of mercy and good fruits last week. I mean, if you missed last week, you missed full of mercy and good fruits. Now, that's a wonderful element of God's direction in our lives. If you did miss it, I want to encourage you to go back and revisit those things. Uh, mercy and fruitfulness are absolutely important, necessary, and God is leading us into mercy and fruitfulness with every direction that he brings into our lives. And then we get to unwavering. Now, that's where we're going to speak today. We see that God's direction in our lives is all of these things, including unwavering. Unwavering. I want to, to come to a conclusion of what unwavering means by simply turning to its definition. So this is a, a definition of unwavering. If you were to look it up in the dictionary, you would find something very similar to this, if not find this exactly. Unwavering, marked by firm determination or resolution, not shakable, steadfast, loyal, without variation. I want to read it again. Unwavering, marked by firm determination or resolution, not shakable, steadfast, loyal, or without variation. I mean, we can take that and, and apply that definition and just sit and soak on it and think about it. And if we had a tremendous amount of time and this were a forum with open discussion, which would not be a bad thing, it'd be a great thing. Uh, we would sit and we could just soak on that. And we could ask questions like, what does that definition mean to you? What stands out to you? And, and for the sake of, of time this morning, I'll tell you what it means to me as I read it. It, it means it, there's something that is so consistent that it doesn't change. When something is defined by words like steadfast, well, we need to know what words like steadfast mean. It means consistent. If something is without variation. It means it never varies or it never changes. I mentioned before you're going to find like the best news you'll hear today, and I said it might just be the best news ever. Let me give you a passage of scripture uh, out of the book of Numbers. Numbers 23, verse 19. Numbers 23, verse 19. I think best news you're going to hear today and, and possibly the best news you could ever hear in your entire life. Numbers 23, Verse 19, God is not a man that he would lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. What he has said, will he not do it? Or what he's spoken, will he not make it good? 
I mean, here we have in the book of Numbers this declaration that God, when he says he's going to do something, will see it through. Now, the reason why that's probably the best news you could hear today, or maybe even the best news you'll ever hear in your life, is it means every single promise spoken to me or to you is going to come to pass because God will not change. He's called these things into existence, and he's bringing them to pass. I mean, if you were to define this in a word describing God, we would use a word like faithful. And it's God's faithfulness that removes and purges my life of all fear and anxiety, knowing that one day I'm not going to wake up and find that God has grown tired of me. You know, you were more like a pet, and and you were cuter when you were a pup. And now you're just kind of a chore, and I think I'm going to move on and find something else to do with my time. Never going to happen. I mean, for you and for me, we have the stability and the security of knowing that God and his views and his affection toward you will never, ever change. And that's exciting news. And there's scripture that confirms these things. I mean, not just that God feels this way, but the things that God has ordained through our King Jesus and all of his mercy and all of his grace, revealing to us the authority of heaven and bestowing it upon us in our King and the power of heaven through the Spirit of God being bestowed upon us through our new birth and through our immersion into his Spirit and all of the things that God has poured out into our lives through the death and resurrection and exaltation of our King. All of these things are not going to change. James chapter 1, verse 17, it reads like this, that every good and perfect gift from above, I mean, every good and perfect gift from above, the things that God is pouring out upon our lives as his children, it comes down from the Father with whom there's no variation or shifting. No variation or shifting. Now, when I was first born again, I would be so excited about the good gifts, those those wonderful and perfect gifts, that would be where my brain would come to a halt. I mean, almost like sometimes I go outside and I deal with our our family dogs, you know, and I realize maybe I just say too much, right? We got one named Buddy, and if I go outside and say, Buddy, why did you dig up those flowers? Well, here's what I think Buddy hears. He hears, Buddy, wah, 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 wah. Well, I mean, as a new believer, I would have read this passage of Scripture and it would have just been like every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father, wah, 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 because I was so fixated on those wonderful gifts. And now what I see is those wonderful gifts are a good thing to be focused on. But the real power of this passage of Scripture is that God's never going to change. He's never going to decide, well, you had a shot You know, I've been watching the clock and you've been carrying the Spirit for a long time now and this is all you've accomplished? I mean, he's committed to you and he's committed to me and he's constantly drawing us deeper and deeper into fellowship with him and awareness through wonders of discipleship and the wonders of his goodness and favor and devotion to us. This relationship didn't end when we became Christians. In many ways it began. His commitment and his steadfastness in fellowship with us puts together a platform that is absolutely stable. You'll see here in the scripture in the future, it's unshakable. You'll see in passages of scripture like Malachi chapter 3, God declares, I'm the Lord, I don't change. And in all of these things where there's no variation, where there's absolute consistency, I mean, we would define those things in our words today as perfection. 
I mean, the things that make me imperfect in my, my Christian walk or the things that make me imperfect in my marriage or the things that make me imperfect in raising my sons would be my inconsistencies. That one day I'm the, the prophet of the house, the spirit-led man of God who's sensitive to the direction of the Holy Spirit, and the next day I'm a total grouch, stressed out, wondering how this is going to get done and that's going to get done, and oh, look, great, they're calling again. I know what that means. And all of a sudden, the behavior is different. Inconsistency is a problem. But we see God has no inconsistency, no variation. And so we identify him as perfect. Now, here's the wonderful thing about this. I mean, the idea that we can see that God is perfect is something none of us have any trouble wrapping our minds around. And we can kind of hit a brick wall when we see that we're called to be the same. And it's good news, by the way, and I'll explain why it's good news. It's not a burden, or it's not a problem, or an issue, or a challenge. It's actually great news. I mean, Jesus preached, and he preached the, the, the message that we read today out of the book of Matthew. We call it the Sermon on the Mount. It has the Beatitudes in it. We see the foundations of Christianity and our faith and all who we are and called to be and how we function and operate as, as the body. And he closes this message with these words. These words of encouragement to each one of us. You are to be perfect just as your heavenly father is perfect. I mean, that's the call that is placed upon our life. I mean, we're called to be without variation. Now, all of this would be terrifying if we didn't know that God gives us the things we need to accomplish his will. I mean, that's the grace of God in our lives. I mean, the mercy of God is not getting what you deserve, right? I mean, we deserve the cross, not Jesus. But the grace of God in our life is getting those things that we never deserved in the first place. The power of the Holy Spirit and the authority of Jesus Christ to function and operate in such a way that we can be consistent. Consistent in our thinking, consistent in our decisions, that we don't have to ride a roller coaster of hormones, situations, circumstances, and yeah, I'm about to say it, hunger. How many of you get hangry? I mean, we got food in the kitchen if you're getting a little hangry right now. Just hang in there. But we don't have to live a life of inconsistency. By the grace of God, the things that he's doing and he's stirring in each one of us, we can live a consistent life all by his grace. And that consistency, that, con that commitment to be unwavering leads to wonderful benefits. I mean, I'm going to give you a few passages of Scripture here, and I'm going to let them just be handed to you. As if, like later on, when the food is spread out and you're able to pick and choose what you want to eat, you may eat something and it, it may be the best thing you've ever had. You may eat something else and it just may not be for you. I'm just going to throw these Scriptures out there, and I believe they're going to speak to you. They may speak to some more than others. It may hit right where you need to be uh, touched by God. To others, it may just sound like, wow, that's an interesting passage of Scripture. But unwavering has some wonderful benefits. And I'm going to tell you how they, they communicate to me and what they mean to me. I mean, I believe being consistent is the key to the life that God called us to live. I mean, Jesus said he came that we would have abundant life. Not that we would just have a pulse. Well, I came that you wouldn't die. But he came that we would live in a life at a whole other level. I mean, abundant life. To have the Spirit of God flowing out of our innermost being, which means we're not just filled up, but we're spilling out over. The things of God pouring out through our lives, having an effect on all of those around us. 
I've got this little spot in my yard. My yard is dead. When I walk on my grass, you hear And I can see where we walk to the car because now it's just this dirt path where there's no grass anymore. I don't know if it's going to come back. And then we have this little spot because of where we live. We have a a septic system and it has all, I'm not going to describe it because I don't know how it works. I just trust and believe that it does something to clean the water because then it sprays it all over the yard in this one area. And whatever it does, it sure makes the grass green. But I mean, that's, it's just so weird, but that one area that has that water spilling out on it is alive in the midst of all of this death. And really and truly, you and I having the Spirit of God spilling out of our lives, pouring out as rivers of living water, is meant to be the same. When you go and you look at my yard, that spot stands out. Dead, dry, dead, dry, brown, dead, dry, dead, dry, dirt patch, and then life. We're meant to stand out like that everywhere we go. Because of what's pouring out by the grace of God, we carry those things that provide the life and the nourishment that this world is in such desperate need of. So I believe being consistent and unwavering, sticking to Jesus as our king, following his lead, obeying his voice, responding to the word of God, I believe these things are crucial to us, coming to know the life that God's called us to live and the peace that God has provided to us. I'll give you the scripture that I stand on in these things. Uh, Isaiah 26, verse 3. It speaks of the consistent or the steadfast of mind. It reads like this. I mean, it reads, The steadfast of mind, you, and the you there is speaking of God, the steadfast of mind, you will keep in perfect peace because he trusts you. Now, let me tell you something. This passage of Scripture blows my mind here. I mean, it, it, it teaches me a lot. Because I had a lot of things backwards for a long time. I mean, I could have someone come into my office and, and they're lacking peace and I would tell them, well, you need to be steadfast of mind. But what I read here is that the steadfast of mind, God will keep in perfect peace because he trusts in you. If we're missing on, on, on the steadfastness, if we have inconsistencies in our life, the thing that we need to focus on is not necessarily just getting consistent, But we need to check our heart. Are we trusting in God? Because according to this passage of Scripture, you can read it forwards. The steadfast of mind will be kept in perfect peace because they trust in the Lord. Or you can run it backwards. The ones that trust in the Lord will have perfect peace in steadfast of mind. Steadfastness, excuse me, of mind. Be steadfast in their thinking. I mean, the consistency that we're called to walk in is going to be dependent upon how we trust God. And, you know, it makes perfect sense to me. I mean, I mentioned my own home before, that I could go home and be the prophet of my house, the spirit-led man of God who has a prophetic word for each of my sons and anoints them with oil before they go to bed. And when they wake in the morning, we stand and watch the sunrise, and I remind them, it's the new mercies of God, my children. I mean, we do that sometimes. And then there's some mornings I wake up, and it's like, God, five more minutes, you know, and and I'm I'm stressed and upset, and it's like, did I put on some weight? I think I'm stressed this week. Where's the, you know, where are the waffles? I mean, it's just inconsistent, right? But the question is, is, you know, where is the trust on one day when everything's going right, and I know Jesus is on his throne, and that the Father's will is coming to pass, and that heaven is in perfect alignment with my life here upon the earth. And then the other days, it's challenged. Well, I got that in the mail. That phone call came in. 
this hasn't come to pass yet, and I've been waiting on it for 90 days now. It's late. I mean, all of these things are introduced into our lives, and they throw a big wrench into how we think things ought to go. The question isn't, is there a challenge? The question isn't, is there an issue? The question isn't, is there a problem? The question is, do we still trust God in the face of that challenge? Do we still trust God in the face of that issue? Do we still trust God in the face of that problem? And when we can trust God in all situation and in all circumstance, we can live a life of consistency. I'll give you a passage of scripture out of 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 8. Now we truly live if we stand firm in the Lord. Now we truly live if we stand firm in the Lord. Stand firm meaning aren't shaken and are unwavering. Now we truly live if we're consistent in the Lord. I'll give you a couple other passages of Scripture here. And again, I want to present these to you. Just present them to you. Trusting and believing that the Spirit of God will stir in your heart their meaning for your life right here and right now. I mean, being consistent and unwavering. God is bringing wisdom and direction into our life. It will be consistent and unwavering because He's bringing consistency into our lives. Being consistent is the key to to freedom. Freedom from slavery. I mean, Jesus said the one that commits sin is a slave to sin. I mean, these are really powerful words. It's the reason why there would be freedom that would come at the cross when sin and all of its corruption would be washed away, its hold removed from our lives. But I want us to pay attention to this passage of Scripture because the consistency with which we live upon knowledge of God's goodness and His favor has an effect, a powerful effect. Galatians 5.1, it is for freedom that Jesus Christ sets you free. I mean, that right there is, is, by all accounts, the full definition of God's grace in our lives. And I mentioned we were going to find out why we're set free, and that's it. The moment Preston Scott Humphreys became a believer in Jesus Christ as his Lord and as his Savior and devoted his life to him, freedom entered into my life. The freedom to make choices and decisions that I never had the freedom to make before. Never before. Because I desired to. I mean, there were things that had a grip on my life that I hated. I knew it was killing me, and I knew it was hurting others. I can't tell you how many times I went and poured out every bottle of booze. I had a massive addiction to alcohol. Went and, and, and tore this up or tore that up and burned that and made the declaration, I'm never doing that again. But I didn't have any authority to cast any of that out of my life until Jesus, who brought all of his authority into my life to function and operate in the full authority of his kingdom and the full power of the Holy Spirit. So Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 is revealing this wonderful work of God's grace. It's for freedom that Jesus Christ sets you free. Now here comes this therefore. It's like, now catch this. I mean, it's for freedom that he sets you free. Therefore, therefore stand firm or be consistent. And do not become subject again to a yoke of slavery. I mean, this consistency that God's bringing into our lives is important. His word and his counsel, all the direction that he's bringing is is pure and peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruit. And it's going to be consistent. It's going to be bringing consistency into our lives so that we grow and mature and are unwavering just like God. 
Uh, Job 11, verses 14 and 15. Now, this is a passage of Scripture that, that I believe that we, we practice in my home. I mean, that's always relative. Someone might come in and say, well, you know, uh, you could do a little better here or there, and that's fine. I mean, this is a relative thing. It's not legalism. It's an awareness. Job 11, verses 14 and 15. It says, if iniquity is in your hand, put it away. And don't let wickedness dwell in your home. And then it has the word then. Then you lift your face without shame and you will be steadfast. You will be consistent and not fear. I mean, I believe that consistency leaves no room for fear to exist. It's inconsistency where fear and anxiety exist. I mean, if one day Jesus is on his throne and the next day I'm crying out, oh my God, I don't know what's going on, that opens up the door for fear and anxiety to exist in my heart and in my mind. But consistency, stability, steadfastness, according to this passage, results in keeping your house clean. I can tell you personally this has really been a big thing in my house. I remember sitting with my wife and we were dealing with a number of challenges in our home where we were wanting to see a, a breakthrough here or there and we're desiring to see these things. And all of a sudden we realized that a conviction that we once carried had lapsed. Now it's not a legalism, it's not a law or it's not a rule, it's just simply being led by God's grace. He'll speak to us and he'll direct us and he'll show us the things that are clean and he'll show us the things that are unclean. And anything that he's ever shown to me that would be unclean, I don't go and make that a rule and say, well, now nobody can have this. This was a television show, a popular television show that people in this congregation even watch. I can't make it a rule that you can't watch that. But I had a conviction that I shouldn't. And when we had that conviction, we responded to it and we cut that off from our house. And when we cut it off from our house, and it had a profound effect, an amazing effect. So again, I want to make sure that you hear loud and clear, this isn't legalism or rule of law. It's God's grace prevailing, leading and guiding us to make choices and decisions that make a way for consistency. So that I won't say, hey, immorality and those things are wrong over here, but then I'll sit and just soak in it for 30 minutes at a time watching it over here being entertained by it. That's inconsistent. Consistency is important. Psalm 112, verse 7. He will not fear evil things. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Once again, you see being consistent leaves no room or little room for fear or anxiety to prevail in our hearts. Consistency. By God's grace, by the presence of our King Jesus and his spirit leading us and guiding us, consistency becomes the result of our life, our choices, and our actions. But being consistent is the key to being in God's presence. You see in the book of Acts, I saw the Lord always in my presence, for he's at my right hand so that I will not waver, for I will not be shaken, for I will be consistent. That's Acts 2.25. I'll give you a, a passage out of the Psalms. Uh, it's King David, and he's writing. And he's writing in a prayer following a time of inconsistency. He made a, a massive, massive rebellious decision to sin against God. Big time inconsistency. Couldn't have a more bold example of inconsistency. Psalm 51.10, he cries out, create in me a clean heart and, a, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. 
He didn't say, I need a new spirit. He said, I, I need this cleaned up. Because what was consistent in my choices and decisions, I rebelled and introduced inconsistency. I want to get consistent again. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Don't cast me away from your presence, nor take the Holy Spirit away from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. Willing to do what? Willing to be consistent in following after God's counsel and instruction. And then it has this wonderful promise when consistency is restored. And praise God that the restoration of consistency is what we have available to us through King Jesus. In everything that we would do and all that we would say, restoration exists throughout the scripture. Throughout from Genesis to Revelation, the promise of restoration. You and I carry the ministry of reconciliation by the grace of God, the power of Jesus Christ and the spirit of God flowing and active through our lives. When you see consistency introduced where inconsistency once existed, you see this. Create in me a clean heart. Renew a steadfast spirit. Don't cast me away from your presence, nor let your Holy Spirit depart from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Sustain me with a willing spirit, willing to be consistent. And then I will teach transgressors your way, and sinners will be converted to you. What he's saying is, I, I need consistency in my life so that my witness will be effective. Let consistency be restored to me so that I can have an effective witness. Because if I'm out preaching this one day and doing this the next day, it's going to be very difficult for those who see and witness those things to believe my witness. Consistency, unwavering, God's counsel and his Wisdom coming into our life will bring us to a place of consistency. I want to give you a little something that I've pulled from the scripture. Again, like we're setting out the food there, I'm just offering this to you. Not making it rule of law, but simply saying, hey, listen, we ought to pay attention to this. It's pretty consistent, no pun intended, in the scripture. The evidence of, of consistency or, or being unwavering or steadfast it's pretty amazing to see where the word steadfast is connected throughout the scripture. I'll give you a couple of passages out of the Psalms and, and one from the book of Acts that we already visited, but you'll find it in multiple places. I just didn't feel the need to give you 40-something verses of scripture here, but let's look at a few. The evidence of consistency. I mean, Psalm 108, verse 1. My heart is steadfast, O God. I will sing, I will sing praises even with my soul. This, this worshipful heart, this worshiping soul, this, this, this release of gratitude and celebration and praise and worship connected to a heart that's consistent. We already looked at the beginning of this passage in Acts 2. We read 2.25. I want to read 2.25 and 26. He's at my right hand so that I will not waver or be shaken. I'll be consistent. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue exalted. There was a release with the tongue upon this consistency that exalted Jesus. A verbal release, a sound release of gratitude and exaltation. Psalm 50, or excuse me, 57 verse 7, my heart is steadfast, O God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises. There's a few things that threaten our consistency, and I want to look at them quickly, because I can tell you're getting hungry. It's time to eat. 
A few things that can threaten your consistency. Now, here's the wonderful thing. As we see these things, spot these things, or identify these things in our lives, we can become aware that these are schemes of the enemy to enter into our life and cause a compromise or inconsistency. But we have access to the grace of God to identify and cover these things with God's word, with the blood of Jesus, with the power of the Holy Spirit, the authority of the name of Jesus, and see these inconsistencies removed from our lives. So here's a couple of things that can challenge consistency in our lives. One, the past. The past. It can challenge consistency in your present. I mean, oftentimes we, we are affected in our present instruction or the, the counsel or the direction that we're called to walk in by the reminder of our past. And no one likes to remind of your past more than the devil himself. Well, who do you think you are to lead those people when you've done this and this and this? How do you think that you can possibly be faithful to your wife when you think this or this or that all of those things that have existed in the past are constantly being thrown up by our enemy to affect our present and impact our future? But consistency in our choices and decisions can be introduced when we celebrate what Jesus has made a way for in washing away our past. I'll give you a passage of scripture here out of the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 3. I want you to, to see verses 13 through 15. So we're looking for a, a way to be consistent, an element that needs to exist in our lives to see consistency established in our choices, in our words, and in our actions, in every aspect of our living. Philippians 3, beginning in verse 13, it says, Forget what lies behind and reach forward to what lies ahead. I mean, thanks be to Jesus that we can do that. Because of the cross, because of all that he's done, we can understand that all that is in the past is washed away. Forget what lies behind and reach forward to what lies ahead. Press on toward the goal, the prize, the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. Now here's where I want us to pay attention. And let us therefore as many as perfect or consistent have this attitude. This attitude is necessary for that consistency. We're not ruled by our past. Because of what Jesus has done, he's had the massive and profound effect upon our present. That all of the things that once ruled and controlled my life no longer rule and control my life. But rather, my life is surrendered to his righteous rule. And when we're always looking behind, we're not looking ahead. And when we're not looking ahead, that's problematic. I remember when I was young, I had to be about four years old. It's really one of the earlier memories I have in my life. We lived in a very small community called Bushland, Texas. Anybody know Bushland, Texas? It's a post office, a handful of houses, and a grain elevator. And they had a school there where the kids would, would go to school. And I remember we lived, you know, just right down the street from the school. And I have an older brother, and I would always be so uh, jealous that he got to get up and go to school, you know. I mean, I wanted to go to school, and so out of that, that desire to be in school, I would watch him go off to school every day. I would watch him come home. And it actually kind of became kind of a, a little in-house thing, you know. I mean, it was like a sport because uh, Bushland, Texas had a pack of wild dogs that somehow knew my brother's schedule when he was going to school. And I don't know, I mean, I don't know if dogs are really that organized, but man, it was pretty consistent. It seemed like it, you know. 
Where as soon as he'd get, you know, he'd kind of get out of the house there and look around and, and start walking to school. And then you just hear, whoa, 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 and here they come. And then there he goes, you know. And we'd just sit and watch him out the window. Go, 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 go. Yes! He made it. There are times he didn't. I mean, I remember watching him once, and, and you know, the dog's got to jump on him this day. And he's, he's on his way to school, and we're sitting there cheering at the window, go, go, go. And he's looking back at those dogs running, looking back at those dogs running. He's looking at what lies behind and not looking at what lies ahead. And what lied ahead was a big pole. <laughs> we watched the whole thing happen. To this day, if I need a good laugh, I just kind of replay that in my head. But when we're looking at what lies behind, we're not looking at what lies ahead, and that's a recipe for a disaster, a train wreck. And because of what Jesus has done, we can, we can separate from those things that are behind. That is now a powerful testimony in my life that sin and corruption does not define my limitations. That sin and that corruption now defines his power, his authority, and his victory active in my life. And I can look ahead. So the past, if we don't have the past put under the blood of Jesus, it can affect our ability to be consistent in our decisions. Another thing that can affect our consistency is doubt. Doubt. It can affect our ability to be consistent in our choices and our decisions. I'll give you a passage of scripture here, uh, James 1 verse 8. It says, the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. I mean, as you read that, can you just picture it in your head? You know, not just like the rolling waves, but those that are crashing into each other. I mean, it's a violent thing. It's, it's chaotic. And as he describes this image of the, the sea being wrecked by the wind, he goes and makes a comparison. The man that doubts, he ought not expect that he'll receive anything from the Lord. I mean, he's talking to Christians here. Being double-minded and unstable in, prepare for this, all of his ways, everything, all the time. I mean, I would have at least thought that being double-minded would put you right half the time. I'm serious. I mean, I really mean that. I mean, that, that was a revelation to me, actually, when I read that, because I realize now how important it is to be consistent. Being inconsistent doesn't mean we're going to get a little bit right. It means it's all going to be wrong. Because believing Jesus is on his throne one day and not the next is going to compromise every single decision, 100%. Being double-minded is, is a troublesome thing. It's a problematic thing. But we have in, in, in our uh, 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 word and our promises from God, we have offered unto us, poured out unto us the mind of Christ. The ability to come into the full knowledge that Jesus Christ is not going to change, not going to compromise, not going to be dethroned. We're going to see in just a moment what's going on in our lives, and it should make a lot of sense. When we come to a place where there's, we leave no room for doubt because we establish in our hearts and in our minds by the grace and the power of God that Jesus is king. We leave no room for that instability that makes us unstable in all of our ways. But we open up the door for consistency. This is the work of the Spirit of God in our lives. The renewal of our mind and the flow of the Spirit of God through our heart, the effect 
that Jesus is having on each one of us. Leaving no room for inconsistency, but creating stability so that we can be stable in all of our ways. I'll give you another hindrance to consistency. This one I almost need like a little, you know, maybe some organ music. The Revenge. Revenge. I mean, it sounds goofy, right? But it's a, it's a thing, and you're going to see it in the Scripture. It's hard for us to be consistent if we're vindictive. And the reason why is because people are going to, to do things that bother you. They'll do things that hurt you. They'll do things that offend you. And if that does, push your buttons. Or in my family, they would say, get your goat. Does anybody else say that? I mean, where does that come from? You know what's funny is at one time we did have a goat to get. So <laughs> maybe, maybe that was a real thing. But those things are going to happen. And I mean, I can be praising Jesus and I can be living my life spirit-led, making the choices and the decisions that are pleasing to God. And then that guy does that thing. And all of a sudden now, I want to go to war. If we're vindictive in any way, it's going to have an impact on our consistency. So I want to give a passage out of the Psalms to, to address this. And, and I hope that it communicates to you what it communicated to me. Psalm 26, verse 1. I mean, consider it a prayer. It really is a prayer. It's, it's an outcry to God. And the prayer is like this. Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity, and I have trusted in you without wavering. Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have trusted in you and been consistent. Now, here's where this actually has an impact on me. That he would be crying out for God to do the vindicating. When you trust in God to do the vindicating, you're relinquishing any right that you perceive you have to do the vindicating. I'm not going to take revenge. I'm not going to hold a grudge. I'm not going to vindicate myself. But God, I know you're just, that you'll handle this. I want to stay consistent. I trust in you. And I think this prayer out of the Psalms could have a wonderful impact when introduced into our prayer life. When people step on my toes, when people don't take into account my awesome reputation and all the things I've done, when people don't take into account how hard I worked on that, when people go and they steal, when they cheat, when they slander me, let me not care but surrender it to you. Let me not vindicate myself, but let me continue to trust that you hold my life in your hand that you vindicate and keep me consistent, unwavering. I mentioned before we were going to find out uh, what's going on in our lives. I mean, there's an element that's existing in every household and in every uh, uh, Christian or believer's life and everyone's life. I want to find out what that is, and I think as we find out what it is, it can equip us to to function and operate without surprise or shock when we feel these things happening in our lives. I'll give you a passage of scripture. We're going to close with this. It's out of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12. That's going to be verses 27 through 29. Hebrews 12, 27 through 29. And you would be more than welcome to read the, the full context, the passages before and after, and I would encourage you to do that. But I want to just pull from this because I believe it, it speaks volumes as to what is going on. 
I mean, it, it says this, and I, I want to paraphrase it to you. It says that there's a, a shaking going on so that all of the things that can be shaken will fall away and only the things that cannot be shaken will remain. Now, we need to understand that when the kingdom of God is described, whether it's in the book of Daniel or in Revelation or throughout the scripture, it is a kingdom which cannot be shaken. So the things that we're experiencing in our lives, the, the activities, the, the situations, the circumstances, this is all one big heavenly shaking to let all the things that are not of God's kingdom just be shaken out. I mean, I'm a farm boy, so I understand a sieve and what it means to put the grain on there and shake it so that everything that's unfruitful blows away the chaff, so to speak, and that all that remains is what is fruitful in my life. This is going on right now, a shaking, so that all the things that are empty or vain or sinful or corrupt are being revealed and uncovered and they're, they're passing away so that all that remains is what is unshakable, what is of God's kingdom. What is Jesus? And as we walk through our lives, I think it's important for us to understand when things are going seemingly wrong, we ought to stop and just say, God, I know you're shaking things up. Let everything that needs to fall during the shaking, let it fall. I surrender. I surrender to the shaking. Shake away. And let all that's unshakable stand firm. I want to ask you to stand with me. We're going to give thanks. And Are there any instructions so that we don't kill each other running for food? Yes? She said yes. So there are instructions so that we don't kill each other running for food. Uh, you want me to give them or would you like to give them? Okay. Well, let's get holy again for just a moment. Once you stand there, I want to, to come together. I want to pray, and I want to ask for, for God to do a work. I mean, by the, the wonders of all that he's accomplished through our King Jesus, to do a profound work in our hearts and our minds, let consistency prevail. So there where you stand, you're welcome to just be in a state of receiving as this prayer is prayed over you. You can be in a state of agreement, praying along with me. But let's trust and believe God for something great. Father, we bless your name and we thank you for the grace that you've bestowed upon us in our King Jesus. We thank you, Father, for the word that you have blessed us with to lead us and to guide us into all things. And we rejoice that you love us and you provide wisdom from above to give us guidance and counsel. And as we stand upon your word, receiving from you, let an impact be made on each one of us, having a powerful and profound effect that we would respond to your word, surrendering the things that would be a hindrance to us carrying out your will in our lives and embracing the things that you so richly bestowed upon us to do the things that you would call us to do. Let the grace that you have poured out upon us be celebrated in every aspect of our living. And as we walk through our lives, let us embrace the shaking as you continue to remove the things that are fruitless from our lives. Let all that is fruitful stand firm, be established, and testify to this world of your goodness and your favor. Let consistency prevail in the hearts, the minds, the words, and actions of your people, that your kingdom would be revealed through each one of us as we function and operate as the body of Christ. We bless your name, and we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. And all the saints declared, amen. amen. 
Thank you for listening to this message from Champions Church. We invite you to join us this Sunday for our celebration worship service. For more information, please visit us at champschurch.com.